to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL, that's B-L-E-A-V in O-W-L, and Believe.com. This week we talk about the hero band drama, Overwatch League moving to YouTube, and the new jerseys for the league. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to episode 23 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Hope you've had a good ever dredging on January. Um, yeah, how have you been, Kevin? I still can't believe it's still January. It's like, it, it does feel like it's starting out super slow. Like, I always make this analogy where, you know, the beginning of the year, it's like a brand new roll of toilet paper. It's going to go really slow. Yeah. But then, like, once you get to the end of the year, it's just, like, flying off the roll. And you're just, like, done. So, right. yeah, it, we're, we're at the point where we're starting a new role. It's going to take a little bit of time to get through it. But, you know, it, it, yeah. It might be because it's, like, a new decade, too. It could be, like, True. super slow. It could be, like, stacked, you know? We're not opening. Yeah, yeah. We're not finishing up, like, the entire just a roll we're finishing off like the entire package of toilet paper and we just got new ones so now we're opening we're opening the new package and going on from there and it's like this isn't a normal roll of toilet paper it's like one of the double rolls that's giant but hopefully we could kick off 2020 with like a lot of great news and a lot of new stuff so yeah so i guess i guess to start off um this week since this is the sports podcast uh would be remiss not to say something about Kobe. I'm still in shock. Very much. Me too as well. It's just because like I grew up, I have like my whole stuff written out for Kobe, but there's a there's a lot that he did not only for basketball but for competitive sports in general. Most people know him as just like a basketball player. Um but he had, you know, Mamba Academy or the Mamba Sports Academy that he has in uh Southern California. Most people know it for just like that's where, um, you know, LeBron or LeBron's kids trained, where Shaq's kids trained, where Dwayne Wade's kids trained, and all that stuff. And Kobe was like the coach there. But most people don't know that he was one of the very first investors in Epic Games. So we have Fortnite because of Kobe. Uh, and then another thing is he actually has an esports facility built at the Mamba Academy. I, it took me a little bit of time to like look into it. But he does have like a 24 PC setup and he can convert the main gym into an esports arena. So he was definitely looking looking ahead for all competitive sports. Yeah, it's uh, also he beyond that, even he was also like an Oscar winning dude, like his short dear basketball is like I haven't watched it yet. It's free online right now. I've been meaning to get around to it. But again, it's it's part of the. uh the denial that he's gone, like watching it, I think is going to really um, set it in for me. Like I would, I would in junior high and high school, I would rush home from school on the days they had games just to watch him play like him specifically. Like he's Kobe freaking Bryant. He's 
the goat. He's the black mamba. Um, like he's the main reason that I paid attention to basketball. Everyone sees all of the uh, footage from LA with people like morning going to Staples Center, going to around where the crash site is. And it's so hard, I guess, if you're not from LA or from California or for from the world that pays attention to basketball to really understand why he was such a huge figure. Um, putting us aside all the controversy that shouldn't be wiped away and a lot of people who are are mourning Kobe are harassing people who do bring that up. And that is part of his legacy. It's something that shouldn't be silenced. But that all of that aside, Kobe was like one of the things that everyone in LA could agree made this city great. Like there's there's all these rivalries in Los Angeles, USC versus UCLA. Uh, in Overwatch, we have the Valiant versus the Gladiators and all everything in LA is is just a one big rivalry. But Kobe was the one thing that everyone loved. There, there's a picture that we have for the camp that I volunteer for of Kobe holding up one of our banners. And like, I, I guess back in the early 2000s or in the 90s, like he used to to host some fundraisers for our, our camp. So that's that's a cool connection that we had to Kobe. And one time I actually tried to reach out to him to help us fundraise, but he never got his fund foundation never got back to us, but yeah, it's it's just a real, really sad day in the world of sports. Um, really sad also for the other families who were with him, who were just going to another game. Growing up as a basketball fan in general, like this is like one of my personal memories. When I was five, my dad took me to a game. We live in like the San Francisco Bay Area, so his work used to give him tickets to the Warriors game right and the Warriors sucked back then like real bad but we would always get the tickets to go see LA versus the Warriors I used to wear number 33 which is why when I still play my competitive sports I wear number 33 Um, it was for Antoine Jamison who was just like this new rookie out of uh, that was just drafted recently and he did pretty well and my dad would wear Kobe's number eight jersey and we would go to this game but that night was the most points that Kobe ever dropped on the on the Warriors. And the also the guy who I was wearing were also dropped 51 that game. Um, the Lakers did lose that game, but it was like one of my memories of knowing that, you know, I witnessed history. I witnessed Kobe right. drop the most points on my team. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was insane to just be in that in that place knowing that there's that whole polarizing half of like everybody who loves Kobe and still having your faith to your local team um but yeah it it's just huge to to know that and then also dear basketball if you ever watch that now it hits on a whole new level dude i cried um especially coming from like a film background i was watching it and i was like man this is so well done and then like at the very end i'm like oh man this <laughs> I can't. So I literally spent like probably like 10 minutes just watching it over and over again, just being like, oh man, we lost, we lost a legend. This is just like a personal musing on, on how great Kobe was. Cause you saw all the records he put up. Not everyone can appreciate sports for what it is. Not everyone understands like how much physical strain these people put on their bodies. But I, I personally think that the reason why 
sports matters and why it's so inspirational to people is that it just it proves what we as human beings are capable of physically and mentally and just the the drive the resolve the the push to do better and how we're always continuing to break records like it, it just proves how much potential we have and i think that's why sports and sports stars like kobe are important and relevant i i've preached it before but sports does not live in a bubble um it does affect a lot of people and um yeah just being able to watch kobe and especially like his work ethic really inspires a lot of players not just like not just your normal sports people but like people in your everyday life that are just saying like i can be better like i can people don't know that you're tired until you tell them um and you need to just do it like life is short you need to be able to push yourself and do what you need to get done yeah rip to the goat anyway now that we've now that we've said our piece on kobe um let's get into the overwatch aspect of our podcast yay okay so first on our docket um this is a thing that we've been discussing on and off for a while on this podcast is is the concept of hero bands there was a lot of rumor mills swirling around because um streamer Emong talked about how things were going to be improving with overwatch she talked about like some big updates coming which prompted a lot of speculation from other streamers and they're all thinking oh what could be this big update that would potentially shake up overwatch and fix things oh we know hero picks and hero bans there was all that rumor mill swarming which was further fed by metro who um is a big leaker on overwatch he's the he or she um the, the articles i read all refer to metro as they so so they um they posted online that there was a leaker that they know who wasn't the same person who leaked info about overwatch 2 and blizzcon so this is a completely new leaker um that said that hero picks and bands were incoming that was a thing that the overwatch team had been working on for a while um so that's just further fueling all the the anticipation of hero picks and bands because generally metro has been a, a very credible source um and then in comes a a forum post on the official overwatch forum uh wyoming mist and jeff both posted on this forum saying that uh hero picks and bands are are not the way that the overwatch team is going right now um way way back in the beginning of overwatch in 2016 jeff said that hero picks and bands are are not something that the team likes and they're not some they're not the first choice for how to fix certain issues that we as the community feel are are present in the game now the hero picks and bands are, are not a foregone conclusion that are never going to happen in the game it's just that the team would prefer to find other fixes first um jeff also said that he's not a fan of the bottom-up form of developing a game where you just include features that other games have just to have them they're going to be working on making the meta move faster a big complaint that we have is that the meta stagnates uh, look how long we had goats uh look how long double shield and and all of those other metas happened and how it it 
lost a lot of momentum for both the game and the league. So that's a priority for the dev team is just keeping that moving faster. Um, he addressed some of the issues that we had with the game and why we a lot of people want the picks and bans. Uh, some people want bans for the balance. Uh, Jeff said that there is a solution coming to balance uh, that they will announce in a development update either towards the end of this month, so maybe in the next coming days, or early February. Uh, it's not going to be Hero Picks and Bans, but he's assuring the community that there is something in the works. He also addressed people who want Picks and Bans because they don't like playing against certain heroes. Uh, <laughs> his um, his response was essentially uh, just because you don't like a certain hero doesn't mean we have to cater to you. Just suck it up and learn how to play. Um, and other people are attacking the pick ban system because it would prohibit their ability to one trick. So Jeff's response to that was, that's not how the game is supposed to be played. Like unofficially, we can't, we're officially, we're not saying anything, but unofficially don't be a one trick, learn how to play multiple heroes. It's the reason why we have so many heroes. I've never played a lot of online games before Overwatch, so I've never really had a game where I had to worry about picks and bans. I don't have a lot of experience in that front. Um, what about what do you think about all this drama, Kevin? I, I feel like there's just so much to take in over the course of the last week. People saying like, oh, it's going to happen in my personal like small community with players from like the collegiate scene and us just hanging out in general we did implement like our own version of hero bands it was interesting but like we kind of knew what people were gonna ban every game and it started to just become oh yeah no orissa no doomfist so you would have very interesting metas that way but i do understand how it would it's kind of like back and forth in this case of being like if you ban out certain heroes that people are known for playing like Let's say if you played against um, Yeetle, for example. Yeetle's like a one... He's not a one trick, but he's like a very good hamster main. Um, and you took away his ball. You took away Hammond. Um, that would be like a direct target. Another one would be like, let's say if, hypothetically, if Zenyatta comes back and then you ban it against the New York Excelsior every game because you know Jonak would play it. It's like counterpicking, but it's also like a respect thing. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's just kind of on the fence. I do understand that they want to, they don't want to just put something in just because people are telling them to put it in, but they have listened to the community before they originally said like, oh yeah, we don't want, we don't want Rolock because that stops creativity. And then they came out with Rolock. Okay. So they are listening to us in a way. So we are getting under their skin and saying like, you know, the meta is stagnant. We need to find a way how to switch it up. But I have a feeling that even with hero bans um, or like a pick ban phase, um, you are going to get games where essentially the pick ban phase will determine the meta. And that's how it is in like multiplayer online battle arena games like League of Legends and Dota 2. And in those games, they are determined by the draft. Like games are almost decided by the draft. Um, for example, like let's say if like a team is very good at goats, right? Um, and you ban Reinhardt and then you ban like Brig, right? What are they gonna play? 
you have to force them into dive like you have to play counter dive you have to play this like old school kind of way so it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see plus you'll probably get like some people who are just like we'll just ban a random hero and hope that it like disrupts everything right um, okay but yeah i also feel like the the problem is the number of heroes at the moment i, I have a feeling it's not enough to promote a pick ban phase we need to kind of i don't want to say like completely even out the the damage tanks and healers but if you do that you give us enough time to kind of see what works with each other and then what we can pick and ban out and phase out um so for example like all the mobas have like a hundred plus heroes they have like 120 heroes or something so even if you ban a couple of them you still have a lot of options which is right yeah so even we need heroes i feel like it's okay at this point if we have heroes with a little bit of overlap but not too much like um when orissa was first released people were just like wait you just put reinhardt shield you gave her like a really weak bastion gun she has a mini grav uh her ult is just nano boost kind of and they're just i'm just like yeah that's that's what orissa is and then they're like when, why wouldn't i just play the other hero like so i feel like we need more heroes that have a little bit more overlap so when we do have a pick ban phase we're allowed to like you could ban one but still have an option for a different one mm-hmm. um so yeah i feel like if the roster expands pick bans could become a thing but the one thing that I hope doesn't happen, this is just me, um, but if over if the Overwatch team decides to do seasonal heroes, this would be really, like, it's a thing that would stop pick ban phases, but it would also prevent, like, certain heroes from being played. So, like, for example, if during the GOATS meta, they banned Brig and they banned like would uh, yeah sure uh zarya or something like that right like those two heroes you can't play you can't play during the entire season like what <laughs> what do you do now you have to put on like ryan diva sombra with like moira zen and uh lucio that's your that's your new goats um but yeah, I feel like if they were to do seasonal heroes, it would really hurt the meta in a way that they would essentially just f- form their own meta and force us to play it. Um, so I really just hope that that's not the the answer that they're going for. That's that's essentially just like a seasonal Blizzard enforced pick ban. Yeah, and that wouldn't be fun, but. I can see Blizzard being like, oh, we, we don't want hero bans, but we'll ban this hero for the season. And I'm like, uh, why? Um, so I just hope that they figure out a solution that will make the players happy in a way. Like, I don't feel like straight up hero bans are the right answer yet. I feel like if we get a roster of maybe like, uh, I don't want to put a number on it, but like 45 maybe. Um I feel like we would be okay with a pick ban phase because it gives us more options to play a certain way.
see my thoughts were when they said that they have a solution coming is I thought they were going to do the, the seasonal pick man thing. Um, so speculation time, tinfoil hat time, Kevin, yeah, yeah. what is the solution Jeff's promising us? What do you, what is your tinfoil hat senses telling you? Um, I feel like it would just come in balance patches. I feel like he wants to, we, we heard that the overwatch team is experimenting with a bunch of stuff. Like we had the, three to one controversy what like a week ago where they were just testing out things like that yeah um so if that were the case like three to one or if something else were to poke its way through i'm excited because they're at least testing things out and i want to see what they decide to do in terms of this stagnant meta deal uh i just hope that it's not like a roulette wheel where like at the very beginning of the game it just spins and hits a random hero and you're just like oh okay i can't play that or mm-hmm. uh it would be really funny though uh but yeah it it just can't be that way but honestly um i feel like it would come with the fact that they are playtesting a lot of different things um we'll be getting into the ptr updates and stuff like that but i have a feeling that if they keep doing updates like that that kind of switch the way how we think about the game. Um, we can always have a different meta. Or I hope, this is just me, we go back to season two where we had maps determining what you played on it. Um, yeah. That was almost the point where it was like, in my opinion, that was the most balanced. Where like, okay, you're on Watchpoint Gibraltar. We're going to go dive. Uh, because we need to cover the high ground on the first point. And then the other team would be like, oh, yeah, we'll just counter dive. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do that because it's determined by the map, um, not by the not by the meta, not by like the patch notes. So it shouldn't be like a, a one one size fits all kind of deal. It should be every hero should be viable at any given time. And at that point or every hero should have a specific role that they need to fill per map. So I feel like we should get to a point where map determines meta and not uh, patch notes determines meta. Um, and if we get to that point, we'll, uh, we'll have a lot more of a dynamic game of overwatch. Mm-hmm. What if it was like the reverse of a ban where it's like, you just forced the enemy team to have this hero on their team at all times. I feel like it would work both ways, kind of, where you can force. I, I feel like the the team would want to pick their hero that they want to save. Um, we we're talking about, especially for Jeff's uh, specific talks, is that they wanted to save a hero um, so that people who get who would who would get their hero banned instantly um would have a chance to play it and save it so this is just another way of thinking about it it's like what if during the draft phase there's like the classic pick ban but there's also a save so the first hero that you get to do is you get to save it and only your team gets to play it so for example nyxl they lock in zenyatta right so that means only nyxl can play zenyatta um and the other team doesn't they don't have that option 
Um, meanwhile, the other team could pick like uh, Doomfist, right? So now NYXL can't play Doomfist. Um, that would be kind of an interesting way of saying like, hey, I want to play this hero, but it could also lead to a road where um, like you have no outs because they banned all the heroes that counter the one hero that you tried to save. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just big thinking games that we're going to get into. We're going to have like team captains drafting for people if that is the case, but you know, that's, that's part of the game. Um, so the next big story that we have is the PTR update that went live on the 23rd of January, which was mostly nerfs, but then McCree just got this, this big old buff. Uh, so the first one was, Hanzo's storm arrow damage was decreased from 70 down to 60. Reaper's passive healing is reduced from 40 to 30%. And Reaper was a, a big complaint amongst a lot of players that he was too strong. So this, I think, is a very welcome uh, nerf. Arisa's fusion driver damage is decreasing from 11 to 9. Her fortify cooldown is increasing from eight seconds to a flat 10 seconds and her snare duration for halt is now decreased from one to 0.65 seconds continuing with the nerfing the shield characters um sigma's sphere range decreases uh from 22 down to 20 his flux can now be interrupted before the targets start falling and thus saving your team from taking all that massive damage and that slowdown is in, is decreased from 0.9 seconds to 0.6 seconds. And the explosion damage from his accretion is now down from 60 to 40. So Baptiste's primary fire, the recovery time increased from 0.36 seconds to 0.45 seconds. And the healing shot that he does, uh, the explosion um, healing is now decreased from 60 to 50. And now for the big McCree buff, um, his health increased from 200 to 250. Um, the one nerf he did get was his primary fire recovery time is increased from 0.25 seconds to half a second. And then now his dead eye no longer locks your aim when you use it. So um, you can look around when you're doing dead eye. And I guess as long as you've gotten the skull on a character, um, you can look around freely and that character will still uh, get hit by the ult as soon as his timing ends. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm sad as a Farah main that they're buffing McCree's health, but they're not doing anything to Farah's health. And now like even direct rockets to him, we're not going to kill him. He can still shoot me out of the sky. Yeah, I, I'm also sad about Sigma's nerf. Yeah, this whole patch change is really interesting to me. They are nerfing a lot of the output damage, I would say. Um, so, yeah, the Hanzo Storm Arrow means that the it's switching to 60 is actually a big number. So consider that you have five Storm Arrows, right? Um, you have to land four of those to bring down a 200 HP hero. And that's assuming that they're all body shots. Um like, yeah, you could land headshots with Storm Arrow, but when you're using Storm Arrow, you're just trying to get damage in. You you don't care. Um, 
about it. So it used to be three arrows to take down a 200 HP hero. Now it's four. So you have to be a lot more accurate. Um, the the Reaper change, I, I'm really happy about. I think he's fine as is. He's going to still have his ridiculous amount of survivability. But he just can't always be in the middle of the fight the whole time and just expected to leave. Um, and... Yo, I'm happy about the Orisa and the Sigma buffs, or the not the buffs, the uh, the nerfs, just because I'm tired of playing them. <laughs> like <laughs> I still every love Sigma. single game is like, could you go Orisa? And I'm like, can I just play Winston on Numbani? Can we just like dive this? Um, but people don't know what dive is. We're we're at the point where some people are just like, what is that? Because it was way back before goats. Uh, in the time before goats um but yeah uh sigma sigma's gonna get some nerves we kind of knew that this was gonna happen um but i did not expect the uh flux being interrupted <laughs> thing uh yeah he's gonna get pooped on every game uh you, you have hooks you have sleep you're literally stationary in the sky you have you can get flashbang uh so you have to make sure that you're at a distance when you when you use it or going off of high ground um so I, I or getting pocket you. healed yeah that too um baptiste is just strong so i understand some of these nerfs so that he can't get his ult as quick um but they kind of nerfed him in the last one and then the mccree thing i'm still like on the fence about this most people think it's like a lot of people still think that this is a buff because it is like oh yeah he gets 25 or he gets 50 more hp so he's got a thick thick but and he's going to be able to survive a lot of stuff. Um, and he could look around. But that switch, the primary fire recovery time from it's 0.45 to 5 seconds to 0.5 now. That literally 05 seconds means that you're firing less shots. And it punishes you for being less accurate. So you either have to be a god at aiming, which is a lot of the Overwatch League, um, and hit every single one of your shots or else people will be able to like get away and you wouldn't be able to confirm your kills so it's good for people who could aim and hit their shots with mccree it's bad for people who think that they can just play him now because he's got a higher survivability um he's still gonna get hopped on he's like priority number one in dive um (laughs) if you if you see the McCree use flash, you, you're all over him. It's like the same mentality as when you see Moira use fade. So um, we use that, and I feel like McCree's buff will like it'll be on the fence. We won't know until it's actually implemented into the patch, um, which it was. Uh, I feel like it was brought over to the live pretty recently. Um, but without the McCree buffs, and Arissa got a little bit of a help to her uh to her nerf as well but the rest of it is currently live so good luck with that you guys i hope your comp games go all right i'm waiting for my friends to get back they they all get back on uh at the very beginning of february so i'm just like come on guys come back so we could have okay internet so we can go and play overwatch again okay so here's a here's a tiny little minor story for overwatch before we get into actual league news um so on Twitter, uh user Zaytoz, Z-A-Y-T-O-Z, um was asking about 
Lau, who was the sixth member of Overwatch in the lore, um, asking about is Lau ever going to be important again? Uh, is was Lau retcon? Are we ever going to see this character? What's happening? And Michael Chu, who is the head of Overwatch's story, said definitely still an important character. More to come. So hopefully just hints for Overwatch 2 characters that we might get. So we're supposed to definitely get Junker Queen and Echo. Hopefully this means Lau is going to be an important thing. Uh, we're also getting Sojourn. That's right, Sojourn. Sure. So that's like so three we have, that yeah, we can't. Three characters confirmed. Potentially another one with Lau. Yeah, uh, I don't know what they're planning. I feel like it is like something that they're trying to pocket for Overwatch 2. And then, but there is still that like dead time period for us. Um, I know that we just got, we had Sigma was our latest hero, correct? Still, right? Yes. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> I'm not too far gone. Um, but yeah, I feel like we're going to get less heroes in the upcoming years um i feel okay with that as long as they keep us entertained with like small events um but when overwatch 2 comes just imagine if they're like overwatch 2 drops liao echo junker queen and sojourn are in it right um and yeah you don't get uh you don't get anything else up until like the release of overwatch 2 um or you know like maybe they'll release one of them into the game just so that we have something to hold us over or what if they just have three other heroes that aren't those just waiting in the back line um to just give to us um if that's the case i i would like to have you know just three heroes and then just say like oh yeah the the old founding members of overwatch are now in the game uh for overwatch 2 so that you know, you build up a little bit of hype. People are excited to play the new heroes. Um, and we'll figure out how they play into push mode when we have it. I keep forgetting about push mode. I really like push mode. I honestly wish that we had it in Overwatch right now. It's one of those maps that can't be tied really easily. Yeah. It's like it's like payload. Like, yeah, you can technically tie it, but it's very difficult to tie a payload map. Um, so yeah, I just hope that we get, I hope push mode comes to overwatch one and then they like put it into, they obviously have it for overwatch two already. So um, if they give us that as like map five, I would be, I would be fine with that. All right. So shall we move on to, to leaky stuff now? Yep. Okay. So a lot of really big news for the overwatch league this uh this week uh i think the biggest so far is that overwatch league is going to be moving from twitch to youtube gaming um this, and this is not just overwatch this is all of activision blizzard um this is i guess coming after a partnership already with google cloud for their gaming infrastructure um so every single match is going to be on youtube gaming i guess for vod and for live um considering what we went over a couple weeks ago with the the structure of youtube changing um i don't know how the the overwatch community and the streaming community as a whole is gonna feel about this move also how are we how are they going to handle league points are you gonna have to 
sign in now with your YouTube account or your Google account. Um, personally, I, I don't mind either way because I just I watch a lot of YouTube already. As long as they don't make this a paid service, like making it part of YouTube TV or YouTube Red, because this is going to be part of YouTube gaming, not YouTube, it, I guess the overall arcing YouTube. Um, as long as it's still free, I think we'll be okay. Um, my my only issue, I guess, with this would be is just adding more to the already giant monster that is Google. It feels kind of like when Disney took over Fox a little bit for me. This move to YouTube gaming, in my opinion, is kind of like a... I wouldn't say it's a red flag, but I would say that it is like a big question mark that I would be giving Blizzard right now. Um, I understand like Activision's like, hey, we, we, we're we all moving over to YouTube gaming, so Overwatch, you should move over to YouTube gaming. But Twitch is known for being a community where you have live esports and live interactions like built into Twitch. And another thing that I'm confused about is you know the league pass um i used to go back and watch specific players just so i could like get in their head and be like okay this is their point of view right now this is what they're trying to figure out trying to think um but yeah it it got to a point where i'm like what happened to all the what do you call it the the features that were on twitch are they all going to be moved over to youtube gaming or are we going to be losing a lot of that? Um, for for me, obviously, like league points are always a thing. I I used to just watch half the games and then just leave my Twitch stream open so I could get league tokens. Um, but yeah, I I need the league tokens. That's some of the incentive to to watch the league in general. But if they can't implement that into YouTube gaming, how are we supposed to get our skins? Um, and then once again, the league passing where you get to see everybody's point of view, you get the top down view, you get to look at everything. Um, is that going into overwatches innate replay system now? So we all get to go back and do that. Um, will we be able to watch the games through, you know, the, the regular client? We, we don't know. So lots of questions that are coming up for, for the overwatch league moving over to YouTube gaming. Um, I feel like we're going to have a hard time keeping the audience there because live sports, live esports are always on Twitch. Um, but like it could be a good move because it could be the first one to do it on YouTube gaming and kind of become a bigger thing. So we will see what happens with these homestands. Do you have a preference between Twitch and YouTube for for watching this? I would prefer Twitch. This is just me. Um, I feel like Twitch is the place where we have a lot more engagement. Uh, I understand mm-hmm. like YouTube gaming does have the live chat on the side, but half of the fun of Twitch is just having emotes. Uh, YouTube doesn't have emotes. They have emojis, but those aren't the same. Like you can't spam GG like foreign O sweep um or kappa or all of those like the culture of twitch comes with the emotes that you're allowed to use and uh-huh. taking that away 
is going to be really big uh, coming into YouTube gaming because YouTube gaming is just going to be text, just like text blocks. Continuing on with our league news, uh, we do have some talent changes. We don't have anybody who's been added yet, so I'm guessing that there still are a lot of vacancies that I really do hope they fill before next week. Um, but so Hex is going to be casting. So he's going to be on the desk this year. And Puckett is actually going to be MC for the NYXL homestands. So he's not gone. Hooray. Yeah. And he's kicking off the season too. He's he announced, imagine like leaving and then just being like, wait, 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 wait. I'll do the first one though. And then I'll book it. Like, that that's exactly what Puckett did. He's like, I'm moving to New York. I'm going to spend time with my wife. And then, like, the first one's in New York. And he's like, ah, I'd, I'll do the first one. I mean, <laughs> he, he turned in his two-week notice. And he's like, ah, oh, wait. <laughs> like, I still got to go here. So, yeah. Um, I'm really glad that Puckett is going to be a familiar face to kind of kick off Season 3. We we definitely need that. Um, as you were saying that, there is a lot of holes in terms of talent um, because we had like Malik, Monte Cristo, Semlar, um, and a few others, you know, um, just all take their leave. Um, I would love to see the local scene maybe step in. I would like to see the Overwatch League maybe reach out to local, um, like the local scene and see if any of their casters want to come on or their um, hosts want to come on because at that point you're essentially integrating yourself into the community. Um, it's kind of a big deal for us, especially I'm, I'm a huge fan of the San Francisco shock. Um, I live in the Bay area, so I've actually helped out on some of the, I would say smaller events. Like we have one of the few razor stores in San Francisco I used to host tournaments and that's kind of where I got my start. Uh, it was me and this guy named Mushu Beef, who's like an Asian golden boy. I'm going to say that right now. Um, he is my like mentor and he's the guy who got me into Overwatch, like the game itself and into the casting half. So bringing him online, like imagine if your homestand had your local like MC to be able to like kick off the event and have all that there you would be bringing the community together um, because they respect the the talent that's coming from the Bay Area or they're respecting the talent that comes locally. And you actually get a shot at being on the big stage. Um, and that's what I really hope for. I hope that um, if the Overwatch League is going to be doing stuff like this, they reach out to the local scene and help them like embrace that. So that they're more closer to the community and the talent themselves get a little bit of a break for you still have like your your solid group of like these guys are here. These guys are here. These guys are here. Um, but you also have a little bit of variable so that each homestand has its own flair. Right. I think that this will definitely if this goes if this is a path that they decide to go down. Um, it would definitely increase local community engagement. Um, it would make the home stands feel more like home stands. Uh, the there's there's the risk though, like you'd have to have someone who has a proven track record who know who knows what they're doing. And even then, even if um, they've done this before, it's like 
the question of whether they'll have enough chemistry with whoever they're they're partnered with or who if if they can actually perform in front of such a, a such a massive platform is the is the thing so it, it's a risk i think it'd be if it's able to be done well then i think you have just an increased um another reason why to go to the local homestands but if it's not done well if it's not vetted if they're not making sure that they get um proven talent then you might just ruin the experience for people who go there live and for people who watch it so i do understand that i feel like blizzard might have to do like i wouldn't say an audition but like maybe a screening beforehand um that way they kind of have a demo reel or like a tape that they can always refer back to um and in those cases you can have like you can even make it like an open call just say like hey if you're doing if you're in this area and you want to try out for the overwatch league you know uh have have an audition um have people talk about the game and then pick who you like um like I feel like that's just the way to go. But once again, that is an extra step that the Overwatch League would have to take. But um, you could also just put it on the organizations who are going to be organizing the event. Uh, So you just get like one of each. Um, But I do feel like that is a very important part of the the game. And being able to bring the community in is going to be really big in terms of homestands and also in terms of like making it authentic to the region. So another thing that um, that's coming to the homestands, uh, specifically NYXL, they announced that they're having um, different fan events to promote the their inaugural homestand. So it's like different uh, different meet and greets, like breakfast with the uh, with certain players. I think Pine is hosting one of them. Uh, and again, it's just right now when this is so fresh and we have no idea if this is going to succeed anything that you can do to get players in the door and to engage them is so key so key and so i definitely think this is a good step for the beginning of the homestands um depending on how well it succeeds uh hopefully the other teams will try to implement it on their end would you go to one of these things like one of these events like knowing that you probably have to to pay more to get into them uh it really depends on what it is like i i was looking at the nyxl stuff like i feel like karaoke with like some of the players would be pretty funny um but most of the time it's like meet and greet stuff um and that's cool and all but we're all here to watch the game not necessarily like party all the time um but in in that kind of sense too like some of the especially since school is starting up again um or is in session right now um a lot of the local esports colleges that or colleges that have esports programs um they are partnering with their local uh teams in order to kind of bring attention to it um one of them is i'll, I'll give a shout out right now uc berkeley is out um they're going to have a open house for their gaming facility. Um, and at that place, you can buy your tickets for the homestand for the, for the shock game. 
and you also get a free shirt and you get it for 20 bucks off uh not the shirt you get 20 bucks off your ticket so but free shirt what, and you get a free shirt about last week you, yeah you get a free shirt i mean you have to go to berkeley to get it but you get a free shirt and 20 dollars off of your ticket um for the first homestand which is really really fun um it sounds like it's going to be a good time and you know no one's going to say no to a free shirt um so yeah i feel like if you're going to have smaller events like this to promote the the event itself you should get the local scene involved free shirt just made me really excited I, i'm Dude, just gonna yeah, say free that yeah like just overwatch get some get some really sick cosplayers just modify their guns to be t-shirt cannons and just bring them to every homestand i'm just saying like any projectile character junkrat farah uh the baptiste uh yeah just just have them i i guess if you want to do moira you could do moira but like yeah you need t-shirt cannon cosplay at do, a, do a bastion and a torb with t-shirt cannons oh god yeah they, they get to shoot out like the uh the mini stress balls at people that would that'd probably be one thing that i would definitely use if i got it from homestand um is a is a stress ball um t-shirts are cool yeah um but yeah you would definitely have to like rig something to make that happen but blizzard take note please t-shirt cannons at events my only issue with t-shirt cannons is is the the people who use them a lot of the time they have terrible aim like i used to go to the uh, the basketball games at ucla a lot and the people who are operating these t-shirt cannons like three out of ten shots ended up in the rafters so that's three shirts that are just no one's gonna get ever and they're just gonna sit there collecting dust so yeah that's my only issue with t-shirt cannons. I do love t-shirt cannons. They're so much fun. Um, if you've never been to an event with a t-shirt cannon, go to an event with a t-shirt cannon. They're really cool. Uh, okay. Um, okay, so now moving on to the last story that we have. Um, we're recording this on the 29th, and yesterday, the official Overwatch League jerseys for this year, designed by Staple, were released so they're 89 dollars a pop which is i remember last week we said about 60 i think is what we were both kind of comfortable paying for something like this although since it's an established streetwear brand i can see that the price i I could understand the price increase not that i'm happy with it but i see where the justification comes from um so each of these designs are featuring there's a colored band in the middle of the shirt that has the team name written in their i guess logo font um on the back of the shirt on the towards like the bottom of the shirt has the city where they're located and on the shoulders are the logos of the team uh that's reversed for the away jerseys so for the away jerseys they're all black as opposed to being whatever the team color is for the home jerseys uh, there is a colored band in the middle of the shirt that has this city written in the team font and on the back of the shirt where the, the city was written in the home jersey. It's the team name. Uh, the logos are still on the shoulders. We we both have, have some feelings about this. Uh, my personal feelings are that uh, 
I like the the last iteration of jerseys a little bit better. I like the Into the AM ones, which are still on sale at the Blizzard store. I don't know how much longer they're going to have a, a discount on them, but currently they do. For some of them, they look good, but others, it's a little bit too plain. Looking specifically at the San Francisco Shock jersey, it's just gray and black. There's no orange on the home jersey. You get a little bit of orange on the away jersey. We we get a little bit on the shoulder, and yeah. that's it. I'm not going to pay $90 for this. I'm sorry, Blizzard. I'm sorry, Staple. Um, My thing is, I think that aside from the 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 branding i think that part of maybe the price increase would hopefully be the material we both have jerseys i have the inaugural season jersey what kind of jersey do you have i have uh the home and the way jersey custom um and then like one of the replica jerseys that are just normal um Mm -hmm. but yeah i um I do understand that the old jerseys are kind of like, um, I don't know, they're not mesh. They're like breathable, kind of like athletic wear that you would normally see you know, esports jerseys being made out of. But I hope that the stables ones that there are rolling out are going to be more comfortable. Maybe I wouldn't say cotton based, but like just like a nice, like comfortable feel to it that you can kind of go outside. Hence the streetwear look. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, d- I don't know. I, f- I do like the feel of the jerseys because it makes you feel official. Like this is official overwatch stuff. Um, the, the new jerseys are just kind of like, if you were to go out on the street, you wouldn't always be like questioned about it. Um, but sometimes you want to be asked like, what is that from? Like, what is this? Like, I just looked at my Jersey that I have. It doesn't have, the material it's made of listed on there but the the new jerseys are made of 100 percent polyester double knit mesh i don't know what that means um but i'm hoping that the material feels a little bit better than the athletic wear material the performance wear material that the original jerseys are made out of um because the one it, it feels really flimsy um it kind of it's a little bit stretchy. It it sticks to your skin. Um, like it, it's not. I, I I like wearing it. I'm just not too happy with the fit of the material of the way that they're made. I'm hoping that since these new ones are streetwear, they're not going to do that. I don't exactly know what double knit polyester mesh feels like, but I don't think I'll. I'll no, unless they go like on a very steep discount, because ninety dollars is a little too rich for my blood. Yeah, I, I agree as well. It's a little too high for us gamers. Uh, we could spend ninety bucks on like a mouse or a headset, um, and yeah, it's kind of up there. It's pretty steep. So I just hope that if you want to get some of this, go for it. Tell us how it feels. Um, I just like, I like the looks of the old San Francisco shock stuff a little bit more. Um, it's, it might just because I'm, I'm a little biased and I like the, I like the color orange on the actual Jersey. Um, the new one, there's absolutely like no orange whatsoever. And I'm like, 
I understand that if you wanted to wear it on the street, you don't want it to stand out too much. But, dude, this is just like if you ran it through a uh, black and white filter. That's that's what you that's what we got on these new jerseys. And I'm like, I I need something else on it. I need a little bit of pop in a way. I wish the logos were somewhere else other than just the shoulder. Like a big reason why I really like the um the into the AM jerseys is because like the, the logo is front and center. And a lot of these logos are really cool. Like uh the outlaws have a really cool one. The the dragons have a really cool one. Um Dynasty has a cool jersey. The, the Spitfire, like someone spent time designing these really cool things and now it feels just like an afterthought. Like we know what the name of the team is. I just hope that they release the pants. Uh, oh, yeah. We didn't get the pants yet. Because the pants have the logos on it. And I would wear like track pants. if they Like that New York XL ones that Jonak is wearing in the, in the promo. Like we need that for every team. Like that's the way how you show off your logo. Um, but yeah, we can't. Is nowhere in sight on the actual jerseys. And then I hope that this is just me. Um, they come out with the Wave 3 kind of deal, like what they had uh, last year, where they had like, you know, the alternate look jerseys. That was probably like halfway through the year, I think. Um, because at first, like some teams are not on board with the alt look, um, but then they kind of grow on you. Like for me, um, at first, when I saw the the shocks, it was like camo, but like with a little bit of orange on it. I was like, "Oh, dude, like what is this?" Um, but then I realized, oh, it's like different. It's not the same as you know every other jersey. Um, I wanted to get one, and yeah, they don't have any of them for for the main roster players. They only have it for the players who are no longer on the team. So uh, it, it's kind of sad in that case, but. Um, yeah, Nevix and Sleepy still have theirs. Um, I would say the same thing for like the Atlanta Rain. I thought their jersey idea, their third wave jersey, was really clever um, because that was the uh, the peach. Um, it was like a peach color. Still had the Atlanta Rain uh, logo on it. So um, yeah, I, I just hope that we get a third wave jersey um, for all the teams. My thing, I, we talked about the uh, the color redo a couple weeks ago. Um, the Mayhem's looks really good. I really like the pink and then the blue. It just it really pops on the the black band, um, and it's a really nice shade of pink. It's like a magenta ish hot pink that I think it, it's definitely a lot different than anything else in the league. Like the Hangzhou Sparks is a is more of a a lighter pink. Um, and their band is blue. So I don't think there's any mistaking those two teams. I'm really happy with the look of the Florida mayhem one. Um, then comes the valiant and the Boston uprisings jerseys. Uh, the valiant have a, a lighter blue and a lighter yellow. Whereas the, the Boston, it's more of a, a Royal blue and kind of the same shade of yellow. Um, Coming from someone who has a lot of UCLA merch that is in both of these colors, both of these shades of blue and yellow, um, I still think it's really it could be confusing. 
But then again, that's the point of the home and away jerseys. But I'm still not sold on this color redesign. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes you might get the jersey colors mixed up. Like, if you look at the Dragons and the Defiant, like, those are really close um, to each other as well. They're still bright red with the black band in the middle with white letters. Um, The difference is the font. You could clearly see that. And then the one that makes me, like, the most irked, though, is if you look at the Fusion and the Shock, the Fusion have, like, a kind of, you know, it's still white and um it's just black like, and white a, yeah for their home but then you look at their away jersey and it's like wow they they have black they have their orange they have like the the yellow band with the with the uh white letters and i'm like that that looks cool right and then you look at the shock and we're just like oh we just flipped the colors like there's no orange on here and i'm like come on please give us something like that pops out just a little bit more so um yeah, I just hope that third wave and the color palettes, I feel like we're, we're going to know what who's on what team uh, once we get into the season and once we get the um, the alt, like both wearing home and away jerseys, we'll know which one is home and which one's away because of the colors. So, yeah, we'll we'll see how that looks. Would you buy one of these at this price at all ever or what price would you be comfortable purchasing one of these at? And what would it take to, to push you to buy one? Okay. Um, I definitely would go for one, but sadly I wouldn't pick up the shock just because it just doesn't, it's just not cool, man. Right. Um, like, like I'm not, I'm not going to pick up the outlaws. I don't think it just, it's so plain. Yeah. Like where was the, I'm going to go, I'm going to go check the shop just to, to be a hundred percent here um, on the colors. Okay. Um, who would I rock? Uh, I feel like New York Excelsior has got a really cool color palette for their for their away one. Um, and then I did like the colors of either the rain or the dragons too. Um, but in terms of price wise, I would say like most sixty maybe. Like, and that would have to be with like a player name on the back maybe. Um. Or, like, it's going to be $100 for a custom one. Like, I know that right off the bat. Um, but for, like, a player-specific one, I could see, like, 75 60 um, And then just, like, the plain one should be, like, 60 flat. Um, I just hope that we get the pants. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting on those, uh, on the track pants. Yeah. I- I'm the same. 60 I don't know if I'd get a custom one. Um, if, if I got a player one, I'd probably pick up Dante's or Muma's just cause I think they're fun dudes. Um, but yeah, th- this is not a not worth 90 for me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, staple. I'm sorry. Overwatch league. <laughs> you tried. Um, but I think until I think that what would sell me on it is just the material and how it feels to wear it um if i did ever get one in there but it looks like from the um from the preview pictures it looks like it's like basketball jersey material like that kind of mesh um like breathable holes kind of thing um just by the look of like the jersey feature part of 
the shop. Um, mm-hmm. So I hope that's the case. Um, but we won't know until we get our hands on one. Any any final closing words of wisdom? Um, in terms of Overwatch, I just hope that we have a great season three. Um, we're going to be taking a lot of time to get used to the meta and use to the new teams because a lot of players are just in different places now. Um, but yeah, I just hope that the homestands go successfully um, and we all just get to enjoy some more Overwatch. Yeah, and I need to do my placements before this happens. That's my goal is to get all my placements done before Overwatch League starts. This weekend, a lot of people are just getting ready for the Super Bowl. Um, and oh, yeah. that that's going to be one of the bigger sports events for this weekend. But next weekend, it's going to belong to the Overwatch League. And a whole bunch of other leagues are starting up too right now. But yeah, we're mainly looking forward to the Overwatch League. I want to just see how they do it. And I hope that they are successful um, so we can keep our podcast going. Yeah, it seemed like after the season ended, was that in October? It's felt like so long away till February, and now it's it's upon us. Yeah, it's coming right up. Literally after after Super Bowl weekend, then we get the Overwatch League kickoff. So, um, I'm I'm excited for the season. I feel like a lot of teams have amped up their rosters in preparation for these games. So, um, I hope to see the new chemistry take off. I want to see Sparkle take off. I want to see if. Uh, if Chipsa lives up to his full potential, you know, we have so many questions that we can't quite, we can't even have answered until the league starts. So, um, I don't even yeah. recognize the Spitfire team anymore. So I'm, that's going to take me getting used to. Yeah. The London Spitfire are now all over, all over the place. So, um, mainly they're in Shanghai or not Shanghai on a uh, soul dynasty. So, um, I, I just hope that the new shakeups to the teams will create a bigger dynamic and have, you know, just good competition. Well, we're, we know that a lot of these patch notes are going to be coming in pretty soon. A lot of things are going to be changing. So um, we'll see how the league handles it and if uh, Super will ever get off the bench. All right. Uh, well, thanks for tuning in for this week's episode. Uh, hopefully you have a good Super Bowl weekend and join us next week to get pumped up for the start of season three of the overwatch league next week we get ready to kick off season three with the homestands in dallas and new york thanks for listening to this week's episode like what you hear please like rate and subscribe to us on itunes spotify google play stitcher Luminary and tune in. And follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. That's B-L-A-B in OWL. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to send us an email at Believe in OWL at gmail.com. Interested in advertising with the show? Please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for tuning in and see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.